Uh, I said 8.04, and it is 8.04. <laughs> Welcome hey. to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 228, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment. Tonight, there will be some Star Trek. All Super you know Chats it. are read on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We are drinking alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking alcohol, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, easy to say when you're sober, uh, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Good God. <laughs> Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there. There we go. We got through it. <laughs> welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. John. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing yes. well. I'm doing well. Good. Uh, good. So uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet that went out, but I said, uh, man, I could really use a beer. And then I said, John, I've been drinking since February. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been following along, but what is this beer 8788 that we're about that's, to yeah, get? Yeah, this will be 80. So I think I think we might hit we might hit 90, might hit 90. today. Wow. Might me hit 90 on this show. So excellent. Yes, uh, I am, however, uh, a little behind on my numbers because we were calculating the amount and we were hoping i was hoping to hit 200 mm -hmm. and tomorrow is the halfway point day 23 so tomorrow's going to be a busy day is what you're saying so i might just have to like bite the bullet and do a couple of coors lights just, just to just get them down for it. yeah just to get them down being like ah, okay this will work now you know what a day uh, in the life of craft computing is like because it's like <laughs> some days it's like i'm raring to go it's like I need, I need to film a video i'm on it and it's like yeah i get to have a beer and and do work at the same time and i'll be honest with you there's other days where it's like man i'm tired i just spent like five hours writing this i don't want a beer right now <laughs> <laughs> oh i am actually that that is kind of odd though because i am not getting sick of beer uh, I am getting sick of styles, sure, yeah. but I am not getting sick of beer. Interesting. Which was very odd for me. Yeah. Uh, I thought that would have been like, oh, I don't ever want a beer again, or, you know, right. I'll, I'll pile through. Now, flavor wise, everything is insane. Yeah. Like beers I thought were fantastic just taste like syrup now. I'm betting I could actually taste flavor in a, in a Bud Light. I think I actually could. Wow. So that's, that's how that's sensitive they are. Very it would probably taste sweet to me and be like, wow, yeah, I taste I taste sweet corn. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> Scotty Fitz says, uh, sounds like John has to bite the bullet. Get it? Get it? Ah, yeah. I think that's just malt liquor though, so I couldn't. Right. Oh. Uh so how are you feeling overall? Like overall, that's that's the one thing I, I'm a lot of people keep asking me that. I feel fantastic I, I have energy i have more energy than i normally do now i can't uh overexert myself mm -hmm. but uh, you know i can still play with my kid right uh i still toss him around although 
I do get tired. And the weirdest part is it happened even today. I needed a beer yeah, or I needed calories. So I just took a beer. All of my instincts are saying, no, <laughs> don't have a beer when you're tired. Right. That's dumb. Right. Uh, never drink alone. I, never drink when you're tired. Never, you know, like yeah. there's rules. <laughs> there are rules. And I start doing it. I'm like, and then five minutes later, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. It's like Popeye and spinach. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that totally needs to be a shirt. So that's the oddest thing is to kind of you're like, oh, you're feeling down. You have to have a beer. And that's just weird. Yeah. It is so weird. Yeah. Instead of growing muscles, you get rabbit ears. Like, <laughs> right? I get it. Hops. <laughs> uh, let's see. We do have a $5 super chat from Drake. Hey, it's been a while since I've nice. caught the live show. Been dealing with depression. Hope you two have been well. Uh, I hope you are doing well, right? Yeah. Don't talk about us. Talk about yeah. you, man. Uh, glad you could join us. Uh, I, I hope we give you some joy that you get to catch the live show. Yeah. Uh, man, hope you get to feeling better. Yeah. Because I, I don't talk about this often, but I, I do have uh, generalized anxiety. And uh, it's as so many of my colleagues in this realm do. Uh, <laughs> but I've had it forever. Uh, and it it's a tough thing. Uh, but... The best advice I can give is, number one, don't give people advice who say they're depressed or anxious. Well, you just tried, you know, being happy or going for a walk or some, some yeah. crap like that. Go outside. It's fine. The sunshine. S same thing when I mentioned I get migraines is like, well, have you have you tried Excedrin migraine? Because I heard that's... Shut up. <laughs> just <laughs> shut up. It's not like the first time I've had this. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, have you just tried not having headaches? Like, oh... <laughs> God. Yeah. Try some echinacea. Uh, yeah. Uh, all I can it's say is I hope you're doing well and uh, hope you have a great day tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Nope. Just just keep going. And I think I think just about everyone I've ever known and self-including have experienced some form of depression at one time or another. And uh, I I just hit you, you know, and it it stinks it really stinks and it's, it's hard and you can feel at the bottom of a well yeah and uh, you sometimes you're just like i don't know when this is gonna end and that's hard it is it is hard so get better feel better know that we care if you need to dm us in the uh, patreon yep we'll talk yep yeah drake's around in the patreon and you can be too join the discord yeah sorry to turn the depression into a plug for social, my social I wasn't, media. But. That's why I was like, should I say Discord really quick? I, I, I don't know. I, like, uh, I don't think he wants his depression on the YouTube oh, comments. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's all we know. I know he's on there. Uh, today's show is brought to you by the Patreon and Drake's depression. Get joined in for... <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, maybe we are going too far. <laughs> but seriously, hope you're doing well, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought I saw, oh, we got, uh, the net guy's got Voodoo Ranger Starship IPA. That's a He's good drinking one. that. It's a really good one. That's a good one. Uh, let's see. Cork Solutions drinking an Avalor, uh, Pask, um, some kind of scotch. Aberlor, uh, boy, barrel strength. I think he meant to say cask strength. 
Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I unless he missed the 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 point there to be six point seven percent. Right. No, that's that's one hundred and thirty four proof. Uh, which, yeah, I know. which I, I have some bottles of a similar ilk up on my shelf. I I know I have a a one eighteen. I know I have a one eleven. I think I have a one twenty five as well. Uh, so I've I've got some some up there. Uh, but Aberlore cask strength. I'm assuming. 67% with a two-inch ice cube, or 134 proof. Uh, Williams got an Elijah Craig on the rocks. Yep. That's also a fantastic choice. Uh, love me a good Elijah single batch. Um, Let's see. Uh, Jeremy's got a new Belgium Voodoo Ranger, 9%. Nice. Uh, drinking organic brew, Dr. Kombucha. Uh, that's from Maddie. We got uh, Michael's having a... Ju, Jun, I don't even know a draft sake. Okay. So fourteen percent. I don't even want to try to pronounce a draft. What it is. A draft sake. Uh, Novella's got a clown shoes. Uh, snow on the maple tree stout. Uh, aged Ooh. in maple bourbon barrels. Ooh, Ooh, I do love a good clown shoes, man. I remember they used to be really big, and for some reason they got stopped being distributed out here for too much. Yeah. And then Skull drinking a Boulder Beer Irish Blessing. It's a coffee stout aged on Jameson Irish whiskey and soaked in oak chips. That would probably be very tasty. Yeah, I, I think he just won for the night. Probably. Although that Aberlore Scotch does sound pretty tasty too. Uh, love me a good cask strength. Uh, all right, John, uh, what is beer number 88 for you? Uh, beer number 88? Is it 88 or 89? I know you posted is... 86 and I think 87 earlier today. So this 88, 89-ish. Yeah, just just for clarification, let me look at my, my count here. I am... This is 89, so we'll we'll hit 90. We'll hit 90. So like I said, I was playing with my son. I needed a beer. <laughs> Uh, I have a seasonal, or what is this? Cloudburst? No, yeah. Cloud Curtain. Uh, a double dry hop Nelson Sauvin Oat IPA. Let's go. There it is. So just a nice Oat IPA double dry hop with Nelson Sauvin. Courtesy of Untapped. So I'm trying to... Coralis effect, I think. Coriolis, Coriolis, I think, effect. Uh, C-O-R-I-O-L-I-S effect. It's from New Image Brewing. Uh, it is a New Zealand style IPA, uh, which I'm going to have to ask uh, Trippic when he gets on chat later tonight, what in the world a New Zealand style IPA is. Um, Hard out fizzy drink for the chili bin is what it says on top. Is it made with kiwis? <laughs> no idea. Uh, the Coriolis effect makes storms on the, in the southern hemisphere rotate the opposite direction. Okay, so it's the gravity, you know, gravitational mm. pull. It pulls stronger on the outside than the inside and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, more facts for you. Okay, fine. Did you know New Zealand has more species of penguin in the, than any other place on Earth? There is a kiwi bird and a kiwi fruit, and they basically look the same. I think that was intentional. Yeah. Uh, and they taste the same. Okay, that's not true. 
Uh, but we did highlight the tropical citrus flavors of the hops grown in New Zealand and paired them with a lush, dense mouthfeel and a dry finish. So New Zealand grown hops. I can't now, say that I, I've ever had that before. Oh no, New Zealand has some really good hops. Mm -hmm. So I've had I've had a, a few. I know. I'm sure I've had some, but I've yeah, I don't know that I've never just, knowingly. Yes, so. exactly. I, I believe so because they've been around for about three years now, and so they've been like some of the rage. Okay. It's definitely so got, a a fizzy. Oh yeah, look at that. Well, you get you got to pour from the side, Jeff. I've been teaching you guys. No. <laughs> uh, we got another super chat from American Cogsworth. Uh, bought a beer for John, fruity cowboy. It's great. <laughs> oh, and uh, two bucks. Uh, Thank you, American that? Cogsworth. Ah, there. Sorry, I forgot to uh. I was meaning to get this to you, uh, but uh, is it going to make me angry? Alex from the from uh, from the the Discord, which you can get on by joining the Patreon for only a dollar. Uh, Jeff, half of these beers are for John for obvious reasons. Was trying <laughs> to ship them to him, but UPS was giving me grief, so they're going to you. At least you have three: one for talking heads, one for review, and one for fun. Enjoy. That is from Alex. Uh, so, they are all the same. It's a six-pack. Okay. Bunny with a chainsaw. Oh, yes! Bunny with the yeah. chainsaw! I have to go yeah. uh, do a photo shoot for that one. Yeah, yes, yeah they, they came great. in, I think, on Monday. So uh, Awesome. Yeah. I know I will be driving through on Saturday. And so okay. uh, I could probably actually I was planning on coming by your place anyway on Saturday, so that exactly that yeah, works so. perfectly. I didn't want to say anything; didn't know if that was a thing, but yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Oh. That sounds great. Might as well just make it official. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've got a, a three pack. Bunny with the chainsaw. That'll be a review. Yeah, yeah. That'll be a fun one to <laughs> get on a video with me too. So. <laughs> We can just throw a quick one together yeah. really fast. Yeah, might as well shoot something while we're there. Right, I know. It's like then a, it's a work it's meeting. It's not like my video. Tax deductible. There you, there you go. It's <laughs> it's all expense paid. Yep. Oh, how is your beer? Uh, foamy. Still waiting for it to... It, it's one of those, like, you could sculpt the head with it. Ah, yes, I was going to say, it looks like marshmallow head. Yeah. Like it's it's still growing, still going, still go, like, yeah. Oh, it just foamed over. <laughs> oh, just a hair, just barely. How was that New mm. Zealand IPA? Super juicy. Good. Super super juicy. Um, I don't necessarily think of New Zealand when I drink it. But definitely on the sweeter tropical side of the juiciness, which is, is what it I like. It doesn't taste like Lord of the Rings. It doesn't taste like Lord of the Rings. I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not suddenly, you know, reciting Tolkien or <laughs> anything like that. Uh, certainly not going to go head to head with uh, Colbert about Tolkien facts either. Uh, but it's it's less of the... 
it's juicy and it's very hop forward but it's juicy and less of the pineapple and super high citrus sense and more of like oh. in the the richer sweeter fruits um, yeah okay. like like blood orange you know kind of that that angle of thing where it's okay. it's thicker yeah. and much uh much more savory. It's, it's it's not the the it's more tropical fruit, not necessarily citrus fruit. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, that's solid. I I'm really digging that. Oh, mine's really good too. I like mine. Uh, it's got the oat body, so it's it, it is like your we always talk about that chewy mouthfeel. Yeah. <laughs> so, it is a good meal for me. This is this is actually my well dinner, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Snack snack yes it's a, it's a snack yeah. I, this is really when i needed those like buffalo wing beers and ranch it's like oh yeah. yes <laughs> yep okay if anyone knows of onion rings and burger beer please let me know yes oh beer to <laughs> pair with it or oh no the flavor of flavor so of, okay drink it someone go homebrew and blend up a burger and Man, now you got me thinking about me. burgers I've been thinking about so much food. <laughs> I, Scotty, shut up. Uh, I, I, I'm just like watching so much food porn right now. <laughs> it's horrible. I, I, I'm going insane doing it, but I think it's like my only way of getting any kind of relief of like, I can't wait to try that. I can't wait to make <laughs> that. I can't wait to go buy that. Uh, Scotty also chimes in in the super chat. John, don't let Jeff pretend he's not hiding a beer or two from me either. Oh, right. I, I, I had. We'll just say one. We'll, we'll just say one. <laughs> we'll just say one from Scotty. Uh, now I want burgers and onion rings. Jeff yeah, now I want burgers and onion rings too. Oh God, it sounds so good. The, the craving is it kills me <laughs> okay let's get into the news uh yeah. starting with octa you may know them from uh they deal a lot with authentication handoffs and uh ssl cert issuance and things of that nature uh they're not necessarily a web page that you would visit directly but they are a website that you've probably interact oh, excuse me interacted with at some time uh Not knowing it <laughs> right exactly uh so they apparently suffered an identity breach uh in january uh and, and they confirmed that uh later or earlier sorry earlier this week uh now Okta is not small. Uh, they handle authentication for 15,000 companies on the web. Uh, like I said, they are a, a major SSL issuer as well as handling logins for, for various sites, uh, for banks, for point-of-sale sites, for email, for a whole bunch of other purposes. So at the moment, they believe that a maximum of 366 customers have been exposed, but that is 366 businesses with authentication data that's been lost. Uh, they also can't exactly confirm what 
<laughs> what data was lost other than some businesses from a maximum of 366 customers or about 2.5% of their business contacts. Yeah, it's okay. yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, Octopush didn't go well. <laughs> Denver says yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye out for. Uh, if you use their services, I know, uh, obviously my viewership and my audience, there's a lot of server people in here. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, was, a lot of people who may or may not be their customers. Uh, this, this is going to be the bit more tech savvy realm. Uh, you might've gone to them and you mm -hmm. might want to check, uh, if you've, uh, if you are currently using them or not, um, like you said, this just went out. I believe it. They released it Monday. Yeah. So, um, and it really wasn't like too big of a splash of a news. So again, double check, see what you're using, uh, or maybe your company is using it, uh, or whatever. However, you know, you might be affiliated with some foreign program. It might make you sound really important then to your company. Right. <laughs> like, hey, we need to check this. So yeah, uh, it was actually Tuesday at 6 p.m. So uh, literally like 24 hours ago, they, they issued a post. Um, mm -hmm. They have already contacted the affected companies and they say there's no corrective action required by the affected companies, although uh, they have not issued a full breach impact yet. Um, we are actively continuing our investigation, including identifying and contacting those customers that have been impacted. There is no impact to Auth0 customers, and there is no impact to HIPAA or FedRAMP customers. So uh, no one who relies on HIPAA, so that'd be medical industry, uh, uh, have been affected by this. But again, if you are a customer of Otka's, you might want to check into this. and uh, Just in case. Yeah. Even though it's a third party handling data, it's still your data. So take that under advisement. Uh, we have a uh, special super chat from Tech Geek. Yeah, th this one this one cut me deep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel it. Too. Yeah, I, I feel this one. Like, ugh, like all of a sudden my spleen hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tech Geek sends over $25. Thank you very much, Tech Geek. This super chat brought to you by the coworker that called me because the sound system wasn't working when I wasn't there. Drove 10 minutes each way to push three buttons because she refuses to learn the three steps to work the thing. Um, send your Fs in chats for, for, for Tech Geek. And uh, man, I, I'm sure there's not a person in this audience that hasn't felt that at some point whether it was friends, oh. family, colleagues, work clients, customers, etc. Uh like I said, I have a certain clientele, a certain viewership. Uh and man, can uh a lot of them <laughs> empathize oh, yeah. with with oh, that. Oh. Uh I think it was uh either Friday or or Monday I had a call from someone and it was all my office building's kind of large and so it was all the way at the other end. Yeah. And she says, my computer won't turn on. All I get is a blue light. I'm like, what? Okay. Uh, have you, the, the dumb thing. Have you checked the power? It's plugged in. Yes, it's plugged in. I'm not stupid. You know? Okay. Okay. So I walk over there and she has a tower and she then proceeds to give me this. Oh, if it wasn't a tower, if it was a laptop, I'm, I would know what to do. I'm like, okay. no, you probably wouldn't. 
So I look around and okay, yeah, power's not working. I follow the power cord. She was trying to drop in. the, just get me a laptop and all my problems will be solved. Pretty much. And I look at it and it's plugged into a power strip. It's like, oh, I see what the problem is. Is the power strip plugged in? Is the power strip on? No, because it's right next to where you drop your John, purse. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, exactly. I got that. All if your time. vacuum didn't turn on and it was plugged into a power strip, what would you check? <laughs> so it's just like, ah, yeah. Ugh. All right, there you go. See ya. Bye. Have a good day. You know, and then you're walking away. Uh, so it should be very telling. Uh, like, like I read Tech Geek's uh, super chat, and I did that like Vietnam dog flashback. You know, you know that Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, when he said, uh, drove 10 minutes each way to push three buttons. And I went, wow, that's not bad. Only 10 minutes each way. <laughs> that was my gut <laughs> reaction. Oh, I know. Yeah. I I had the furthest I've ever gone was two hours. Uh, two hours each way? Yes. Okay, you got me beat. Because uh, I've done okay. 90 minutes. I've done 90 I've minutes done each two, way. Two hours each way. It was, it was, oh God, it was a little town about 45 minutes south of Eugene. And, uh, be uh, Vida, it'd be Cresswell. It was Cresswell. Cresswell. Yep. Cresswell. There you go. Cresswell. There it is. Yes. It was Cresswell. I had to go to Cresswell. It was a blueberry farm. <laughs> and they were freaking out because their program just would not boot. And it was picking season and they needed it done like then. Right. And I think it was like one, one line of code or the, you know, just, oh, you didn't run it as administrator, something along that line. It was so stupid. Uh, it's nice that a blueberry picking business so reliant. They on- they did give me like a whole box of blueberries. Okay. And uh well all is well. The, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Right. That paid for my gas. Well, I mean they got charged a wazoo for it. Yeah. Um Actually, the cool part is it was a genetically enhancing a blueberry plant. So these blueberries were like the size of cherries. Oh wow! So it was it was pretty cool. I I gave a bunch of them to Steve, and then he gave them to a friend who made blueberry beer out of them. Yeah. So. Uh, now I will say I I love that I said give F's in chat. I got an entire page of F's in the chat, and then American Cosworth did an F and then a slash, and then the F's stopped. Just like chef's kiss Perfect. perfection. <laughs> uh, Maker Z sends over a $10 super chat. Thank you very much. Just finished a honey whiskey and butterscotch schnapps. Uh, mm. Have you ever updated Proxmox 6.1 to 7.1? I have not done that particular upgrade, although pretty much all my upgrades in Proxmox have gone fairly unremarkably. Uh, I've done four to five and five and five to six before um lately i've been going through proxmox install so quickly i don't get a chance to upgrade um and my my production one is still on 6.4 um so but i've seen nothing really inherently wrong with 7.1 in fact it does streamline and make some features a little easier to access as well as uh virtual machines will now default to your native boot environment so if you have a bios based uh server uh, that is your Proxmox server is booting on a BIOS based system. Your VMs will boot in BIOS based. Uh, 
versus if you have an EFI box, uh, then your VMs will default to being created with an EFI-based BIOS. You can still swap back and forth between them, um, or you can still decide which one that you want for your particular VM, but it's nice that they're now defaulting to the modern standard. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, let's see. But yeah, no gotchas thus far in using 7.1. I've been pretty happy with it. Uh, Denver Essence over $5. Had one today. Luckily only had to go up two floors and walk about a block to find they didn't try the power button. Oh, yeah. Get that all the time. Yep. I, uh, okay. You, the worst one I had recently was, uh, again, power button. Or it was another power strip issue. Or, or I don't know. It was plugged in. Plugged in because they kept swinging their legs. But their excuse was, yeah, I'm not going to bend down to look. Yeah. And that employee no longer works there. <laughs> yep. So it was like, yeah, I wasn't going to bend down to look and waste my time. Uh, that's where the computer's at. That's where your problem's at. So yeah, bend down. <laughs> All right. Uh, not to be outdone, uh, the same Lapsus group that uh, reportedly hacked uh, Akka's servers also hacked Microsoft and released 36 gigabytes worth of source code. Uh, Decent source code, too. Yeah. Uh, now, Microsoft has responded, and they said that Lapsus gained, quote, limited access to, quote, a single account, end quote. Um, and uh, they publicly disclosed the breach and said, uh, you know, yeah, the breach is authentic, but there's really not a lot in there. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, TechCrunch report, or TechRadar, excuse me, reports that 37 gigabytes of Microsoft internal source code has been leaked uh, and that it's not necessarily nothing. <laughs> there's about 250 Microsoft projects available inside and it contains 90% of the source code for Bing and 45% of the of the source code for both Bing Maps and Cortana. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> right. Um yeah, so I don't know what Microsoft means by, you know, there's nothing of consequence in there. That's a lot of source code. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to love that there's going to be a new browser coming out really soon that's going to be called like beings with a z or something and it's going to be like 98 percent the same yeah. oh where did they get that from oh you mean chromium <laughs> yeah well yeah it's true <laughs> already <laughs> buzzing but, yeah oh yeah there we go it's going to be called buzzing, buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> the newest latest linux browser yeah. buzzing it's just like being but Better. I loved a couple years ago that Microsoft was trying so hard to make Bing a verb. I Have know. you tried oh. binging it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. They're horrible at that now. They just force so much mm -hmm. stuff down your throat. But yeah, this is, I mean, the fact that I, I get it. Microsoft is just playing it off like, hey, it's not a big deal or anything. Don't pay attention. Don't pay attention. But yeah. I mean, in all honesty, actually, there's, I'm, Bing Maps and Cortana are actually pretty powerful things especially cortana how many things have cortana in them already to then the code that's in there could have been a security part could have been a way to work around cortana now to always leave it on who knows 
that's actually the, the out of all three of the things that they mentioned, at least in this article, uh, because like you said, there was a bunch of source code and projects that were in there. Could they find something in Cortana that again, constantly listens and there's enough people out there that leave those devices either on or whatnot. Um, personally, I'm not a fan of the Alexas, the Cortanas, um, all of that stuff. I see their place, but yeah, I don't have one. I use Google Transcribe quite a bit, uh, whether it's to just write out something that I'm thinking of or, you know, just really quickly, like I have a baby in my hand and I need to respond to a text message. I yeah. don't use any service or any AI other than yeah. call my wife or text this person, you know, and and even that, that's only when I'm in the car. Like, yeah. it's... I mean, I know people like them. I, I just, yeah. uh, I don't... We have reported by ourselves and then probably have also personally read different articles of just weird instances i don't uh, i'm not still comfortable with them i i know they have their place for some people and some people just like the convenience um you know just yelling out hey cortana and i'm pretty sure yeah. it just triggered a bunch of people um hey siri just to make sure all everyone's included play this you know play that and that that is a convenience i agree but um I don't like something theoretically constantly having a microphone always on. Yeah. But again, this is what was scary to me was that, or not scary, but, you know, just uh, the concerning in this was the theoretical, you know, possible amount of source code that they had to Cortana, which is in every modern Microsoft device now. Mm -hmm. And they're theoretically could find something. So I'm intrigued to see if something comes out in the next three to six months that we hear, Cortana has a breach, you know, Bring ha Bing has a breach, all because of maybe some of the source code that got leaked out. Even though theoretically it was only 32 gigs worth. Um, that's still a lot of source code. Yeah, Tech Geek says, unfortunately they're a nonprofit, so I can't get away with that much rounding up um, because there was some conversation uh, in Australia, the legal minimum you can employ someone in a shift is three hours. Um, in Oregon, if you are an employee and you are not scheduled for the day or you have left for the day and you get called back, you are owed four hours of time. That's a very little known fact in Oregon. So if you work at a fast food restaurant and they say, hey, so-and-so called in sick, can you come and cover? And then you show up and you work for 90 minutes and they go, okay, cool. You know, we just needed to get through lunch rush. You can go home now. Uh, they owe you four hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, okay. I, and I said the use, uh, what I used to charge is if I, if I had to go somewhere for an off hour, uh, an off hour service call, it was three hours minimum and I charge door to door. So that is from my house, the second I leave until the second I open my front door again. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, that's what I always did. It, was, yeah. it wasn't, I'm done here. No, no, it's my travel back yeah. and everything that I have to do. You took and then, this time out of my day. Yeah. If it wasn't for and you, then, I'd be drunk on my sofa right now. Uh, yeah, and if, I, <laughs> if it was any, if it was over five hours, I always charge an extra hour because like I, I'm, or, 45 minutes. They're like, I need a break. I'm going to charge you that. I'm sorry. 
you know, of, of a meal, a snack or whatever, I'm charging that if it was over five hours. Oh, yeah. uh, well, there was, yeah. So there was that, um, do you want to talk more about the Microsoft or you want to go to the next one? Uh, I think we can jump into the next one real quick. It's a little bit of a sad story. Yeah. And you have to say it right, John. Yeah, GIF. No. Oh, yeah. You have to honor his wishes. Uh, I will not. No, you, I will not. Because now it is culturally appropriate to say you, what I'm you, saying. You have culturally <laughs> appropriated his word. <laughs> yes, I did. It's amazing that you're admitting to that on camera. I just got to say. <laughs> That's right. Uh, John is appropriating something that he did not create, blasphemizing the name of its creator, who, by the way, may he rest in peace. Uh, yes, so, unfortunately. Yeah, so we are talking about Stephen, uh, Stephen Wilhite, uh, creator of the GIF. <clears throat> yeah, whatever. Soft G. Uh, oh, I, I, I really hope, okay, sorry, but I really hope his tombstone is like a quick argument. <laughs> it's, it's GIF, not you know. GIF. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Like, please, 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 someone do that. Uh, like, I hope he had that sense of humor to do that on his or his family. That would be fantastic. Stephen Wilhite uh, created the meme generation. It's pronounced GIF, not GIF. And, and, and don't even, you know, give that ambiguity. Just go, it's GIF, not GIF. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just put that on there. Please do that. That would be fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, I I don't remember because I know he had the interview and he talked about it, mm -hmm. but I don't remember how serious he took it or if there was any humor in it. So I, at that part, I don't quite remember if he was like lucid about it. Like, ah, people were joking. Who cares? Yeah. So don't really remember that part. Um, I'm old enough to remember when they weren't called memes. And uh, oh, yeah. and and also, I remember the dancing baby GIF. I remember the dancing that baby that went GIF. everywhere. Ooga chaka, ooga chaka, ooga chaka, ooga chaka. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and like? and this is one of Will Height's favorite GIFs is the dancing baby, which was the background of eighty percent of uh, GeoCities pages back in the day. And I remember that thing being on everywhere. commercials, the everywhere, the the 2000 internet boom how much was this on um, every commercial for every uh pets.com yeah. commercial yeah. you know type thing ask <laughs> right. jeeves always had a ugachaga baby in the background yep. um doritos probably had it on a super bowl ad um it was everywhere i remember it and uh it took forever to download what that would have been? What eight? It was it 98? 98, 90, 99, maybe 99, right 99. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. I remember like line by line seeing it come through. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, and then now it's just on our cell phones, and I'm constantly complaining that the search algorithm for for my GIF is horrible. But uh, what's well, because you're using Tenor? <laughs> Uh, so. You know what else you can host besides a dancing baby? Pretty much anything, thanks to anything. our sponsor, Linode. 
There we go. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking, recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. We shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit Linode.com slash Craft Computing and get a $100 60-day credit when signing up for a new account. That's Linode.com slash Craft Computing. And thank you again to Linode for sponsoring the dancing babies that appear on this show. There you go. It's one zero zero. If you want to save that much money, right? Hundred bucks goes towards uh, your your hosting plan. Yep. You have sixty days to use it. Honestly, if you are considering self hosting or getting into home lab stuff, or just want to tinker around with some some of the latest toys, if you want to tinker around with some quadro cards or whatever, this gets you access to it for essentially free. Uh, yeah. And uh, and it's a. Use as much of it as you want, and if you don't buy a service ever, you don't have to. It's uh, really is a fantastic deal if you're wanting to dabble into some of the stuff that I show off on this channel. Uh, we got two super chats in just now while you're talking. Uh, it's uh, we got Tech Geek saying it's pronounced Mimi. <laughs> Mimi is a character on the Drew Carey show. <laughs> you know the speaking of the drew carey show i've because that was was that that was the 90s, was still, 90s. right oh yeah yeah okay very solidly because they, they had they had seven i think drew carey show came out yeah they because they had the whole thing was drew carey brewed beer and it was yeah. coffee infused beer yeah. And that was like supposed to be radical. And then now I look back at it because at the time I was like, ah, who would care about beer? Now I'm like, it debuted. Oh man. September 13th, 1995, episode one went live. Wow. But now, but now I look back at that like, oh my gosh, this beer, I know what he's talking about. Right. <laughs> oh, it's coffee infused. Oh, okay. Yeah. I totally, but now it's not that impressive. But back then I get right. it. I'm going to make beer, so, coffee in it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, uh, my favorite episode was the Y2K episode. Oh, yeah, favorite episode of all time because um, Ryan Stiles goes to the bank and he withdraws his life savings, and uh, they're all making fun of him and going, like, Well, how much is that? Like $45? And he goes, $63,500. And he's got this like laundry bag full of cash. Um, <laughs> and uh, Power went out, Y2K, you know, the you know, the Y2K has got us kind of scared. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so they played up the Y2K. And so they're sitting in Drew's basement playing poker. And uh, Drew goes like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll raise it two bucks and goes around the table. And yeah, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm in for two. And Ryan goes, I call and I raise you $63,500. I'm out. <laughs> it's my favorite joke on the whole show. Just ryan bullying everyone at poker 
Oh, what else do we have to? Oh, we missed the super chat. Oh, that's right. There was one more. Uh, Magic Rat. I still uh, five dollars. Thank you very much, Magic Rat. I appreciate it. Uh, I still miss the BBs or the BBS used to run it. Uh, brought a sense of the uh, Olu Squirrel. You know what he's talking about? I've, I'm, my memory is fading me. If that's a reference. Yeah, uh, that's that's why I asked you to read it. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah, I, I, I miss. One. I still miss the BBS used to run it. It brought a sense of the Olu Squirrel. I don't know. Put put it in the chat. You don't even need a yeah. super chat. Just let just yeah, let, just us, let know. us know what you mean because I yeah. It's probably like right there, and I know it I is. Know. As soon as we're, you, we're just we're just like, oh right, oh right. yeah, exactly, yeah. In text form, I'm not getting it. Apologize. Uh, uh, uh how's your beer number eighty nine going? I am really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It is uh for me sweet and malty. Um, Magic uh, says I'm a little drunk. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, cheers to that. Um, it every beer tastes sweeter than I remember it. So yeah. um, it is very sweet. But what I do like is there's the odiness of the body and uh, the tropical notes, just like you like you said you have. But it is a mixture of orange. I get a lot of orange and a pineapple and a mango. And so it's it's kind of like having that as like uh, oceans or a Capri Sun or something like that. So it's nice, but still a a, a bit sweet for my taste right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, you're you're definitely gonna be want to be in that uh, farmhouse ale or English bitters or something like that. If if Ooh, I if I know you. That is something I didn't pick up. I didn't pick up any ESBs. Ooh. I should go pick. I picked up some reds. Yeah. Some uh, uh, saisons. So, some uh, good multi reds. I think would all. That was my third yeah. choice. Yeah. Some, some good, good multi reds. Red but but you're missing some ESB ice. in your diet, John. Yeah, I need some ESBs. <laughs> that sounds like grime. I might have to go this weekend and go get some ESBs. I got. I got half. Oh my gosh, hefts are so sweet right now. Hmm. Uh, they are like honey. It, it is it is the weirdest thing to taste all of these beers. Yeah, and it's great because every flavor of everything is coming out onto my senses, but it's maximized by twenty, you know, two hundred plus x right. type thing. Um, you're gonna go back to eating food and hate it. I might. I honestly <laughs> might. Uh, that's. I'm kind of scared about that. Is oh ribs. Oh, uh, 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 you know what I'm really scared about? I'm like pickles. These are fantastic. <laughs> I never knew. <laughs> I never knew this. This is fantastic. The umami flavor that I'm getting from this. It's like oh. Oh, I come horrible. over one day, you're just like eating a, a mushroom I'm, raw. I know. I'm just, hey, Jeff, what's up? <laughs> you want a pickle? <laughs> They're really good. Uh, really good. That's, I'm telling you, it's good. 
I know Steve would like it because he'd be like, finally, you yeah. can have some food with him. I can finally um, eat with them and not be embarrassed. Oh, I know. I'm constantly telling my wife, like, I, I'm going to make ribs. I, I'm going to make smash burgers. I'm going to make this yeah. big old pot belly roast and, and all these fried chickens. And uh, I might hate it. I really might hate it. Uh, so this, the... Uh... Uh, oh, you're done. Coriolis effect, New Zealand IPA uh, from New Image Brewing. Very pleasant. Very, very pleasant. Um, you beat me. I did. Weird. I mean, am I eating for two right now? I don't know. I mean, I can catch up. <laughs> um, very pleasant. Like I said, it's very juicy, but in a much sweeter, thicker... Uh, yeah, sense. Savory is is the word I keep coming back to. Um you know, it's it's a good blood orange or you know, mango or something like that. More uh, of the tropical. Yeah, fruit. it's more tropical, less citrusy. Um it's a little bit hazy. It's got the flavor of a hazy, but none of the burn. And so you get all of that that big bold thick flavor that I love out of a hazy IPA, but I can still taste it after four hours which is amazing. Um, it's delicious. What was the percent? I, I didn't, I didn't hear you six, say the percent. Six, five, six, nine. Oh, okay. Six, five. My, 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 mine's eight, five. Okay. So technically it would be Imperial, but just, just barely. Mm -hmm. uh, basically a typical Oregon IPA. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is beer number 90, John? Or, or should I go first? Hang on. Okay. Sorry, he's got to get every beer last number crumb. 90. Beer number 90. So um, I have been needing to divert, so I went with a stout. And Jeff, I actually, you know, you might have gotten this, but um, I think I'm the first to purchase it among us in Oregon. Dragon's Milk Reserve. Whiskey barrel age. Uh, John? Oh, I oh. oh, I can beat you. Oh, I hate you if you say that. John? Uh, Rye barrel age, too. Well, John, I have a Dragon's Milk Reserve triple mash. Oh. <laughs> you. 17%. I mean. <laughs> it's not what I'm having today. So. Oh, well. Yeah. I have two of these. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this has I, I toasted chilies. I, I have four of those. I don't. I don't have that particular one, but I have four or six. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell reserves. you what. If if you come by this weekend, I'll give you the other one of this. Oh, there you go. Tell you what, I I will one for one you on okay. on a dragon's milk because I've I've got probably one that you don't have. So there we go. I bought I bought two of these, and I do not mind sharing a beer with you, Jeff. That's what I like about you, John. Um, but you have to have a pickle beer. Oof. Do I just have to take <laughs> it home? Because it can sit in my fridge forever. <laughs> I think I gave one to you You already. did. It's still there. Oh, that smells delicious. Cinnamon, rye. A little chai, maybe? A little chai, yes, de definitely. All right, all right, wait, hang on. Before I have it, what do you have? I have a Three Magnets. Three Magnets Brewing. I know, I know Three you Magnets. You know Three Magnets. Washington. Yeah. Um, this one is very interesting. It is the Florida Man 
It is a bourbon barrel-aged dark mild brewed with coconut. Oh. A dark mild. Dark mild so, is what it says. Okay, dark mild should be like an ESB, which is, which would be uh, you know, a but if it's bourbon barrel aged. Bourbon barrel aged, dark mild, brewed with coconut. I mean the the flavors sound fantastic. Right. Um, you will never guess what I paid for this. Uh, honestly, for for a mile, six bucks. What? Dollar like fifty. Whoa! They had they had two of them left. I left with two. <laughs> <laughs> um, in fact, it's there. Let's see if it'll and uh, on it. Dollar fifty, right there. Oh my gosh! You still got the tag right there. I left the tag on it. Usually, I will take the tags off. Oh God, we don't need more. More, more than don't need more of that. There we go. Um, oh, whoa, <laughs> whoa! That that chili comes in. You, you okay there, John? Oh my gosh, with my taste buds. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> normally this would be fine. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's green chili. All right. Before I get to my taste test, we do have like three super chats to get to. Uh, uh, Futmeyer. Uh, sends over ten dollars. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Thank you. or madam, sir. I'm I'm assuming Ooh. here. Sorry. Uh, loved your series on the game server build. Finally got my GTX 1080 Ti working on my R720 series because of you. So thanks. Thank you. That is awesome. awesome. I I love hearing awesome. success stories from the tutorials. Um, because often as a YouTuber. The only thing that makes it through in the complaint or in the comments is all of the complaints of why didn't you use Vim? Well, because I was editing one line of text, not, you know, writing the next Shakespearean sonnet using Python. Like there, <laughs> there's a tool for each. Like all I needed to do is get in, edit one line, get out. Like I'm okay using Nano. Um, I'm not a programmer. I don't aspire to be a programmer. I don't think like a programmer. I use Nano and use the tool that's right for the job, like Linux or Mac or Windows. They're just tools. Uh, but I digress. Uh, no, I, I love hearing success stories. I, I love hearing, you know, I took your tutorials and, and did something with it, or I finally got this thing working that I've been wanting to work for, for years, or I got a job because you got me interested in servers. That's happened numerous times. And, Honestly, nothing makes me happier than people are watching, using, learning from my content. So cool. Oh, it, it it is super fun to like that's like the even if you get like 10 hate comments and then you get one, you're like, totally worth it. Totally. Yeah. Which by the way, I get a lot of positive comments. Like my comment section is usually pretty darn good. Um I also moderate it quite thoroughly. <laughs> I, I read almost every single comment. I, I still do. Almost five years later, I still read almost every comment. Um, and uh, I, I reply to those that I can. And uh, yeah, you got to take the good with the bad. And the, the good makes it worth going through the bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. No, actually, I always love getting my favorite part is like uh getting comments on especially like like year old videos mm -hmm. or something along that line it's like oh, i am so 
thank you. It's like, I love that this content, yeah. that half the time I put out, it's like, okay, this is only going to last like three months at the most mm -hmm. is still technically going right somewhere. Some, someone used it for something. It was like, oh, that, that actually makes me feel really good. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I put a lot of effort into it and I'm still glad that a year later, whether it's one person or not, it hits someone semi-profoundly. Yeah. Uh, interesting super chat. Let me uh, copy and paste something here real quick. Um, and that is from Merkson. Uh, sends over $5. Thank you very much. Uh, building a home lab. What should be the first install? FYI, I tried PFSense, but I can't get it to give me a WAN address from the Xfinity modem in bridge mode. That's because the Xfinity modem is hot garbage. Um, and Comcast slash Xfinity loves to say, well, you have to use our modem. Legally, you don't. Uh, you can go out and buy a modem. And in fact, I just linked an Amazon link down below. It is an affiliate link. So FYI, I will get a kickback if you buy something from it. Uh, or a, uh, an RS SB8200. It is an approved yeah. modem for pretty much every major cable provider in the country. Uh, same one I have. Right. Same one I use. Uh, it is certified for multi-gig uh, service. So you can actually get up to 2.3 gigabit service through it. Uh, yeah. And 750 meg upload. So uh, now they won't give you that. They don't have a plan that'll offer that. But it's the modem itself is capable of that. Um, send Xfinity's crap back to them in a cardboard box. Uh, yeah, don't don't pay the monthly fee. For don't it. don't pay the rental fee. Get get rid of that right now. It's twelve dollars a month. You'll pay the modem off in a year. Uh, and get yourself something like either build yourself a PF Sense box if you're confident enough in doing that, or get yourself something like a uh, a Unify uh, USG, the Universal Gateway. Uh, fantastic little device. It'll cost you about another hundred dollars, but you get full control over your internet. Uh, it, it doesn't redirect you to all Comcast services. They don't deliver ads to you. They don't. There's things that Comcast yeah. does with the internet that are a little funky. And trust me, I know well, I, I have Comcast. Yeah, so do I. Uh, and they'll, they'll try to sell you on like, oh, it's the premium service by ours because we'll take care of everything. Honestly, half of these services are take care of by all these other modems. These other modems have the exact same services. It's fine. You then control it yourself. Hot, hot take. Much better. There's nothing that Comcast does that uh you benefit from buying their modem or renting their modem. yeah it, it's Nothing. just a sales tactic yeah. that's all it is yeah uh, uh you don't need them yeah i mean other than for the actual internet tell you what if you were <laughs> if you were an internet service provider and uh you had the opportunity to spend ninety dollars uh or ninety dollars uh this is the comcast <laughs> mode i'm sorry uh forty dollars and bulk purchase uh, thousands upon thousands of all-in-one modem and, and router combo, uh, which would also provide service to other Comcast customers by opening up your your customer's Wi-Fi to other customers, um, which is also what it does. Uh, and for your $40 investment per customer, you would get back $12 per month. What would you do? You would push those until the until hell froze over. Exactly. Uh, guess how Comcast makes a lot of their extra money besides the 40 billion that Congress gave them 25 years ago to run fiber 
and they never Which did. Which they still have not done. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, run your own modem. Run your own router because screw them. Screw Cox. Screw Xfinity. Screw Fios. Screw screw all of them. <laughs> t- t- Frontier. CenturyLink. Uh, honestly, it, it, it sounds scary. And again, to the audience here, most of us are like, yeah, we know all this. But to the 1% that might not know, it's not scary. Yep. Honestly, just take that leap. Go ahead. It There's instructions. It's so simple. It really is. It's like three steps and you get to control your whole destiny. And you say that 12 bucks, 24 bucks, depending upon whatever your service provider, because this is not just Comcast. This is most internet providers in general. Right. Depending on where you're at, they charge upwards of $12 per month. That's $145 per year. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Um, can I, can I interrupt my own show? I, I am curious about your, so it looks like a stout, but it says it's a mild, mm-hmm. but it's barrel aged. So yes, I understand that. I am curious about two things, body and taste. I can taste coconut. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's well. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal with this beer. Um, according to Untapped, it's a 4.9%. And I'm starting wow. to believe that. Um, That's a mild I can understand. Right. What I can say is I expected a bourbon barrel-aged dark beer brewed with coconut to warm to the occasion. To, you know, I wanted this beer second because I wanted those flavors to kind of express themselves, to, to warm up a yeah. little like a stout would. Yeah, exactly. No. Ouch. I don't know that I could drink this. Um, it is it is definitely not too sweet for you. Uh, and, and oh, man, is this thing bitter and sour. Well, and, and it's not, it, it's, not it's not bad beer sour. It's not, it's not, it, ha- it hasn't turned. I, I do know coconut can give a sour note mm-hmm. if done incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that might be your sour flavor. You know, it might because coconut's the first thing I taste after that fades. Um, and, it's a very uh, bitter, drying note to it. Yeah. Interesting. And I cannot say I'm enjoying it. <laughs> well, you said you had two cans. Maybe you give me the other one. I can give you the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've actually got a couple of beers for you. A, a couple of good beers. A couple of mm. really good beers for you. Um, Keep me alive. At least Keep like three or four. Alive. And then I've got a couple that I just want to see you react. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those, those, I'll, I'll do videos just on those. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, someone was chatting in the the chat earlier that this isn't hot. I taste the heat very much. It it is like hotter than Chipotle hot yeah. from right now, currently. Now, normally I'd probably be like, this is great. This I just a hint of heat. Yeah. But this is chili con carne hot. This is that me. that chili mead. That you have. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. I'm feeling it right here, and it's like, whoo! I, I, I'm getting a lot of, but, but every other flavor, <laughs> the yeah. cocoa nibs, the rye, 
the vanilla it's it's fan, the cinnamon is fantastic but then there's chili just like right in my chest um but we got we got a couple of, i know we talked a lot about beer and i'm sure a lot of the audience is like you guys just go on rants all the time so i think we should probably get back to some we do we do have a couple text. more super chats so let me okay let's let do, me that. Go through let's these. do that uh Cesare, let's do that. uh sends over 25 eln that's a uh, what is that? Uh, Pacific. That is Island. Poland. Is Poland. Polish. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Oh, I love their. I love their sausages. Uh, five a.m. is late enough, night lads. P.S. Jeff, did you manage to get those Tesla temps under control? Uh, that is actually a project for next week or the week after. Um, I have a plan. It's an interesting plan. It will work. And it's going to be a good video. <laughs> uh, Tech Geek sends over another $5. My hot take of the night, tabs are better than spaces. I agree. Okay. I, I would rather have a tab delineated form than a comma or space delineated. I would rather have a tab delineated form than a CSV. Uh, I guess I'm so used to CSV, so this. Yeah. I would rather have tab delineated than comma or space delineated. I I am totally fine with CSV, so uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna fight you on it, but I understand it. Right, right. Uh Tiger sends over ten dollars. Thank you very much. Uh Friends Don't Like Friends by AMD, Team Blue, Team Green. Why wouldn't why? Oh, I like AMD. I like all three. I'm Yeah, well, that's what's wrong. Here's the deal. You need to buy here's the deal. None of those three companies give a flying about you about you uh this isn't a team sport no yeah uh buy what's best for you right you're this you're this far away from going you know why didn't you install arch uh <laughs> yeah you're operating systems are not a team sport uh buying hardware is not a team sport i don't care i use the tools that are available to me and i use the best the best that's available. The best performance or slash performance per dollar. Yeah. That I can. Whoever yeah, makes right it. Now, it. I don't care. Yeah, it, I don't care about Intel or AMD or Nvidia. I, I, I don't care about. Honestly, what, well, what I saw that I was like, I don't know how I you don't can care make about a mine. statement for like knowing the past five years what's been going on with AMD and just been killing it. Here's the deal: two of my servers are AMD Epic servers. I have a a Rome and a gosh yeah i have a naples and a rome uh so but know, i've but, also yeah. got a bunch of, of I, Intel servers. I, i've got some haswell servers i've got sandy bridge i've yeah. got ivy bridge i've got i mean like i can understand like early 2000s amd sure because they only have like two good chips but uh now they have some of the best and the best priced too so Anyways. Andrew chimes in with $5. Stopping by. Hope you all are well. Family game night. Excellent. I love family game night. I love, we have, uh, other than the nights I'm here, we always do family game night. Well, our game of choice is Super Smash Brothers. Uh, we have been doing uh, Exploding Kittens as a family. Oh. Uh, so we play card and or board games uh, every lunch and every dinner at my house. And uh, because it's the one time we all sit together and we can get the kids quiet enough and everyone's kind of focused. 
And so we play games, whether it's cribbage yep. or whether it's Yahtzee Something. or whatever. We play games whatever. every meal. And yep. uh, no. yeah, uh, we have been on an exploding kittens kick for probably the last couple of months. And even even little bit, even the four year old, she is totally on board, totally plays and, and oh, yeah. knows every card and the rules and, and everything. And and strategy wise, uh, uh, she's actually doing quite well too. Oh, I know. I, I love how my my five year old will be like, uh, the, "You have to be this character because he has this power level to do this." Is like, I, I didn't even know that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for for Super Smash Brothers, yeah, an, an old game. It's like okay, and then I purposely was like, okay, if we're we're doing this, I wouldn't bought every uh every character every. Uh, uh, and so he's now like researching all the characters and, um, and then we went and bought, uh, all the new, uh, I, I think we talked about this, uh, Mario Kart, when the, uh, Nintendo talked about all the new downloadable content, uh, Mario Kart released, like, is, or is going to be releasing 86 levels and we pre-bought them all. And he's a huge Mario Kart fan and he's, um, uh, trying to unlock them all. And I was trying to explain to him, no, they don't get unlocked that way. But it, yeah, it's family game night. It's always a fun time. Yep. Uh, Michael Steven says, we have the imploding kitten card. The imploding kitten is great. It's a great little bit of strategy. Um, so we have all the expansion packs. And in fact, we have the original exploding kittens pack and then the party pack. And, and that is in one case. And then we also have recipe for disaster with all of the expansion packs. So a second full pack with everything plus all of the recipe cards, which um, change what cards go into the deck and slightly change the rules. So how many cards you start with? Do you start with a diffuse or not start with a diffuse? Um, is there an imploding kitten? Is there exploding kittens? Do you have a streaking kitten? Do you have all these other things? Um, and so we just play random decks at this point. So we'll we'll draw a recipe and we'll we'll deal that out. And it's fantastic. Yeah, if you have a family, I highly recommend more of a game night than a watch TV night. Yeah, totally. Type of thing. Although, I, although I, I've also been going through Mandalorian with... Uh, uh, yeah, I understand. Like, when I grew up, it was uh, TNG. It was, it was TNG and so, DS9, right. When when I was growing up, so I, I super appreciate that. So if you're going to do that, but there's always a bonding thing. So try to make it, whatever you're doing, bond with your family. Yeah. All right. All um, right, let's get back to some tech stuff. Yes. Yes. Uh, starting with Google lands the first subsea cable in Africa to spur digital access to the continent. Uh, we, you did miss an article. Did I? Yes. The malware. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm only pointing that out. I just didn't know if you wanted to um, talk about it or not. Because I had I, I just had that article pulled up, so I, uh, really... you know I didn't right click on it, but we are actually running short of time, believe it or not, that's, because we need that's... to get to card news. We do, and so, so uh, that's fine. We can speed through a bunch. So, bunch so, of these. so this was link. This is linked down in the video description if you want to learn more. Uh, there has been malware hidden in plain sight in open source software that has been employed to destroy Russian hard drives. Uh, and this is an article over on ZDNet. Uh, basically, they used open source software in hard drive controllers to corrupt the data on the drives. Um, irrecoverable. Yeah. Norton. So it's Norton. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, I get it. Yes. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's an interesting story. It also brings to light uh, some questions about open source software. And open source is a, it's a double-edged sword. As much as we all love open source software, as much as I love the Linux stack, as much as I love Pop! OS and Ubuntu and, and even Arch, I, I have a soft spot for Arch and, and a I couple like of variants Arch. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it's entirely community driven and there's no actual development team that works on it full time, that has the best interests of everyone, including an end goal in mind, along with all the They're dependencies, along with all of the packages that, that you rely on, bound to be some holes. There's bound to be some there things is, that yeah, are there, suboptimal. There theoretically could be malicious content or, you know, something. It could be malicious content. It could either just be crappy code because that's the There's best that, that we can do. Um, and do you know why gaming on Linux has gotten so good in the last three years? It's because Valve took a direct interest in it and invested into it. In, into the Wine Project, into Proton, into Steam Play, into uh, DXVK. Valve infused programming talent and, and development dollars into that. It's a, it's a good infrastructure. That's the thing. And that, that's what drawed a lot of independent people to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, like you were saying is that when it is open source and there's actually, again, no, like you're saying, Steam, no bit or Valve, no big backers behind it it is just open source so it's still technically the wild wild west and you're just hoping everyone is being the best that they could be right and um but when you have a big major company backing it they're like no we're gonna pay someone to make sure it's the best and that is nice uh, but because it's still out there there's still theoretically could be some holes right. not to saying that you know windows or microsoft doesn't have its own problems and apple doesn't have its oh own they problems. absolutely do but they're also yeah. a lot more stable and have the development exactly. interests of other companies invested into them like adobe who happens to write software or exactly adobe is the number one for linux well, for, versus right for content creation, everything but... else well, well, there's OpenShot or there's there's GIMP. Those are not professional tools. No, I mean they're, they're like the it's just like it. No, it's it's no, quite it's... not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was a, a <laughs> an interesting tangent off Russian hard drive corruption. But I don't know. I, that... Basically, I think we hit the article, so we're yeah, good. <laughs> I think we're good. Uh, two more super chats rolled in. God, you guys are killing me today. I, I know, right? I, can't, I so. can't get to anything. Uh, Tiger sends over $10. Thank you all very much. I have all three. Only real complaint about AMD is Ryzen runs a bit hot, even with water cooling, and driver support is a bit hit and miss. Just stirring the pot a little. No company cares about you. Yeah, no company does care about you. Um, well. I'm curious. Does he have which which gen of Ryzen? Yeah, because I can under I can understand version Gen one running hot, mm -hmm. two and three I do not recall running hot no, at three, all. Three, in fact, holy crap! Yeah, so I, I so I would have to ask what what gen right. they're running. Um, 
I have a 5950X as my main rig right now. So it's a uh, Ryzen 9 16 core Zen 3 architecture. It's great. Uh, love this chip. But, uh, you know, it, it will run into the 70s on an AIO, and I think that's just fine. Uh, although I am going to go with a full cover water block on the for too long. I already have it purchased. Bought it like eight months ago. Just haven't gotten around to finishing that project because it's a really cool project. I want to do it right. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Merkson sends over another $5. Thank you very much. Uh, I bought that exact modem uh, and was up a full day trying to give my devices a new IP. All it kept saying was unified networks, so invalid IP, so I returned it. Well, the modem itself will not give devices an, I, uh, an IP address. Uh, the modem will negotiate your connection with your ISP. Yeah. Uh, and um, then it's up to you to do an internal network and DHCP your own addresses to your devices. Um, you only get one IP address for a cable modem. Yeah, I was going to say, you, did you, you need, buy a, that you need a router for, for local area networks. I was going to ask, did he buy that exact one or did he buy the one that's supposed to be the router and Wi-Fi built in? Because I know they have that version, which is a little more expensive. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like $50, $60 more. Um, maybe I can understand that aspect, but or maybe he thought that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, yeah, that, that basically only gives you well, one IP address because it's the transact the transaction between the server provider and yourself and then you need to hook up a external router wireless router usually you know and then build off of that yeah so uh okay and then you were we were talking about google landing uh some cable yes google laid some uh some tube uh, over to Africa to spur digital access on the continent. They've put a billion dollars into infrastructure in Africa already and are planning even more. Uh, this is a pretty huge investment by Google. Um, and the reason it's so huge is if you look at uh, population density, Africa is one of the least densely populated continents on Earth. Um, I mean, there's Antarctica. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but also no one lives in Antarctica. Uh, but uh, yeah, Google getting invested and wanting to, you know, digitally connect pretty much the entire continent. As much as we say bad things about Google, and yeah, they'll probably end up making money off of this whole project. Like that's obviously their end goal. Uh, at least someone's trying. At least someone's trying. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's awesome to always connect the globe and because you never want to the, the resources literally are everywhere and to connect enough resources all around the globe you're just increasing your chances for awesome um expanses in everything it's it's not just technology it's literally everything yeah. and being able to communicate fast efficiently that way again we do not google on a lot of stuff um this aspect is very nice yes they're probably going to make a profit but still the fact that we're going to be able to those countries and those people are hopefully going to get even better internet connections it, it, that's that's a great that's great yeah 
So uh, let's go ahead and skip the next one. I'm not too interested. Okay, in that, that. I was gonna say some crappy things Google are yeah. doing, but whatever. Uh, and some crappy things Elon Musk is doing. <laughs> Starlink doesn't care about you. Tesla doesn't care about you. Google doesn't care about you. Uh, it's me too. I just purchased this and nope. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got my deposit in, so still. Uh, my deposit's in too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that is that SpaceX, uh, the parent company for Starlink, uh, also a subsidiary of Tesla Inc. or Elon Musk brainchild or whatever else, uh, hikes internet costs due to quote rising inflation. And I got this email the other day. Uh, new customers for Starlink will now pay seven hundred dollars up front due to inflation. Uh. Well, it seems like everyone's blaming inflation for things, but people are also seeing record profits. Weirdest thing. Uh, anyway, uh, originally, if you wanted to order Starlink, it would cost you $499. And to get that, you would need to pay a $100 deposit up front. Uh, if you already paid the $100 deposit, your cost is now $549 or an increase of $50. If you have not paid the deposit and you are a new customer, your... Uh, monthly subscription will go from $99 to $110 and cost you $599 with a $100 deposit for a new order or $700. Because um, you need to pay first month service along with the installation fees. Uh, so the sole purpose of these adjustments is to keep uh, pace with the with rising inflation. Weird, I didn't know inflation rose a full freaking 20%. It's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not going to get political, kind of not going to get political, not going to get political, not going to get political. Yeah, I know. Well, I a, we don't need to get into that. But still, kind of a dick move to especially people that have already been contracted in. So that, that, that I think is the real story. Yeah. Is that if you've already been contracted and you've already been signed up, you've already paid your deposit, mm -hmm. dick move. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I personally think, I, I don't care about you haven't and here's the new prices. Okay, that's your business. That can be your own personal dick move, whatever. That's your company. That's your prerogative. That's fine. But the fact that you and I have already paid for a deposit right. on Starlink. Giving them a, a two-year interest-free loan, as it were. Exactly. Yes. And it was like, fuck you. No, pay. Sorry, I, I said that. It's not 10 o'clock. Um, but that is what it is. And that's a super move yeah yeah uh, i mean uh a monthly service increase of 10 percent uh, as well as a an installation increase of around 20 percent that's insane yeah that's insane and I i'm sorry it, it could have been henceforth anyone else right which is the Fine. right move to make as Fine. rivian found out about two weeks ago uh yeah you know, hey, what if we just make our existing customers give us $20,000 more? That's a great move for, yeah, everyone hates you now. Uh, exactly. Versus exactly. like, hey, if you bought in, you're going to lock in this price, but due to rising costs, we're going to have to charge more for our end vehicle, but we're going to honor the original prices. Like that's, that's the move that you should make to exactly. maintain customer loyalty and enthusiasm and and everything else and avoid canceled orders and, and um but uh yeah yeah i need more of my rocket ships to go up in space yeah <laughs> frustrating 
Uh, so yeah, that part's frustrating. So um, stinky, stink. So, but yeah, that's that's basically. Uh, Life Swing Away 92 sends over $5. Thank you very much. Just ordered an M40. Can't wait to play with something new. I love my M40s. They are so much fun. Uh, I know they're old tech. I know they're basically 980 Ti's or uh, Titan Maxwell's. Uh, but they're just so much fun to tinker with uh, because it's so absurd to be able to run two to four games. Like, you can run easily six instances of Minecraft off that with four gigabytes of video memory each and get a very playable experience as long as you have the CPU horsepower to back it up off a single GPU. Like, it's it's absurd and it's fun. And no one has really... I mean, there has been some industries that have taken advantage of it for a long time, but it's been a very niche segment of the market. And it's always been a segment that I've been very interested in, virtualization and decentralization of compute. And yeah, uh, they're just fun cards to play around with. Uh, he also says, I work for an ISP that uses MD5, RIP statistics, so no CX owned unless you know the key. Yeah, uh, well, that's because you're encrypting your, your records, so. All right. Uh, yeah, and that guy also just got his Starlink in the mail. And, uh, he did, yeah. Oh, by the way, it's going to be 10% more than expected now. <laughs> Inflation, right? Uh, no, because it was $99, and now it's $110. Last I checked, milk is the same price. Oh, it's not, but <laughs> everything also so. went up. But yeah, yes, but yes, I, 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 I still agree with you. Yeah. What you're saying, <laughs> you're at the point. What you're saying. Uh, this one was kind of cool. Brain implant allows fully paralyzed patients to communicate. I, th I thought this one was really interesting. Um, University of, oh my gosh. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Tabungian? Sorry, if you live there. Um, <laughs> uh, has developed a brain implant and used it on a 34-year-old paralyzed man uh, who basically is has no motor functions. And uh, he's allowed, or he's uh, been able to use specific letters uh, using only his brain and uh, uh, has a synthetic voice to pronounce letters in German, E, A, and D. And by the way, this is not like he's thinking A and it, and it just goes A. Uh, this is using the speech center of his brain and synthesizing his speech. Uh, so he is consciously saying the letter A and the computer is mimicking what his brain is telling it. It's something completely yeah, that, different. That's the that's the really cool part. Yeah. I mean, that is because they they've had a couple of chips of similar with muscle like arms and fingers, right? Um, but speech has always been a fickle thing, and this is a huge step toward some very interesting things. And honestly, within the next theoretical ten years, and I'm actually. I don't remember. Did they say this was? I thought this was ARM based. Was this ARM based? Uh, uh no, it's brain. For some based. reason, brain. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, got it. 
Um, the but um, <laughs> um, but no, the software and the the design of this is is pretty awesome honestly because of all of just the medical applications it could bring and i'm actually pretty excited for this in the next couple of years specifically probably about 10 years where we might see a big big development but it's a really cool step in programming and mapping brain waves and and just i'm i really like that type of stuff you know like the muscle things for paraplegics and everything the robot arms or helping people out that don't have that that still feel the ghost arms yeah um things like that i i really find that stuff very very fascinating and programming that and just in my personal self of a programming sense of just how they map that how they do that how everything is like that is fascinating to yeah. me yeah uh yeah the fact that they were able to map the speech center and they're getting the computer to synthesize what he is saying internally. Your internal yeah. monologue is now being synthesized by, by computer voice. That's freaking cool. That's really cool. I mean, they're getting really obviously close to that. So that's like, this is cool. Yes. So uh, we talk about right to repair all the time on this show. Uh, whenever there's a hot button topic that comes up, you can guarantee I will yell at it. Uh, this reminds me a lot of the, don't worry, Apple is going to start selling batteries and screws uh, and, and replacement screens that only authorized personnel can still install, but we'll sell you one anyway. Um, that is, John Deere expands access to self-service resources. I assume because the writing's on the wall and that right to repair will eventually become legislation. And this is a last-ditch effort to try and stop right to repair legislation going, look, we let people work on their own things. Um, yeah. Don't believe it. Tell John Deere to screw it and shove this 4G connection where the sun don't shine. Uh this article says John Deere announced today it will enhance the capabilities of existing diagnostic tools, not repair tools, just diagnostic tools. Very strong reason that they use they, that particular I believe word. they even say some. Right. Some of the existing capabilities of their diagnostic tools and expand availability. In 2023, the comp so next year, subject to change. Uh, the company will roll out an enhanced customer solution that includes a mobile device interface and the ability to download secure software updates directly to the embedded controllers on select John Deere equipment with 4G connections. We're rolling out software updates over the air. So please don't pass right to repair. That, that's what this article is. That's all this article is, is you can now get software updates over cellular. Oh, and... If you also have the service contract that you're required to have because you can't work on your own John Deere tractor, uh, we can now kind of read the fault codes from remote. Yeah, so if, if you've ever heard us talk about um, <clears throat> right to repair issues, John Deere is one of the worst and biggest references we always talk about. Yes, it's not technically computer tech related, but because of the mechanics that they do, they are one of the worst. Yeah people out there yeah think of think of farmers agriculturalists etc um 
their entire lifeblood typically hinges on about seven days a year. And what I mean by that is we experience this a lot in the Northwest with hops, uh, where it's time to harvest hops. It's time to harvest hops now. Uh, by which you have seven days to get all your equipment up and running and get your entire harvest for the year. So all the work that you've put into the entire year for, for watering, maintenance, you know, everything um, comes down to the seven days that you run your tractors and your harvest equipment and, and pickers and everything else. And you load up your bags of hops and you get them into storage or you get them into bags and you get them where they need to go. Yep. Um, if you miss those seven days, you miss out on literally your annual income. Uh, oh, yeah. And and I'm just talking for hops. Like, let's go onions. Let's go pumpkins. Let's go any any agriculture. Any, yeah, exactly. You plant it in the ground in one particular week. It then grows for X amount of time. And then you harvest it on one particular week. And there's very few exceptions to that. Uh, because of the way plants grow and because of the way they've tuned everything to kind of work in that flow. Um, yes, there are some life cycle crops and there's, you know, different growing situations. But in general, if you are a farmer with open land farm, uh, that's how it works. Now imagine, just imagine, you spent $400,000 on a John Deere agriculture piece of equipment. And day two of your harvest, it breaks down. And John Deere goes... Please stay on the line. Your time is important to us. We'll get you connected to a customer service representative as soon as we possibly can. Meanwhile, it's 10 p.m. You're standing in the rain and your entire annual income is dying because you can't do anything because your John Deere tractor threw up an error code. Uh, yep. By the because way. Because it will and stop. Yeah. And you're not allowed to work on it. No one else is allowed to work on it except a John Deere tech. And they have to physically come out to the site and work on it. Uh, because the GPS antenna broke or or whatever else happened to it. Um, if you're a farmer, but, right to repair should be the dead it's essential. It's your equipment. You. Yeah. It's yours. Right. Do with it as you want. Right. Yeah. We've always said that. Your computer, your equipment. Your phone, your equipment. Everything is yours. You bought it. Your car. Just like well, we've always talked. If it's your car, you have the right to mod it. You have the right to fix it yourself or take it to a third-party mechanic. Whatever. It is your choice. Yep. Um, so what is this move by John Deere? Why are they doing this? Why are they saying, well, we're going to bring over-the-air software updates over cellular so you can better update your, your equipment that, by the way, you still can't work on. Uh, but... We might be able we'll to diagnose you know. it remotely, which, by the way, they yep. still need to be on site to fix it um, because they don't allow anyone else to fix it. They, they have a terrible repair network and, and everything else that goes in. So why That's are they doing like this? Weekend. Well, this is the same move that Apple pulled off about four months ago when I said, don't believe it. Don't buy into it. Stay strong with the we deserve right to repair as consumers. We deserve open parts uh, stores. We deserve open access to manuals and repair guides and everything else because that's what the automotive industry has. And there's a reason I can take my Chevy or my Mazda or my Nissan or my Toyota to any one of thousands of shops just in my state, independent repair shops, 
and they can diagnose it and repair things there. It's because they have access to genuine parts. They have access to non-OEM parts, if I'd prefer to go that way. They can change the oil. They can swap out the wiper blades. They can change tires. They can change brakes. They can do everything else. It's because of right to repair initiatives that are focused on the automotive industry that I have that choice and that keeps prices down and keeps you from having to go to, let's say, the Tesla dealership to service your Tesla, which if you're familiar with the Apple repair network and first party Apple repair, John, how many Apple stores are there in the state of Oregon? Oh my gosh, uh, they are closing left and right. I believe there's actually only two now. Yes, you are correct. There are only two. There's one at Washington Square and there is one at, the one at Clackamas closed, didn't they? Uh, yes, I think there's yeah. still one in Eugene though. Uh, no, there's a Mac store, which is- There's a Mac, that's what I was right, thinking. Uh, which is uh, not an Apple owned store, but it is one of the few third party affiliates that, that are out there. Uh, there's also the one in Washington Town, or Washington Square. Um, so, so yeah. If you're Southern Oregon, you're screwed. Right. If you don't live in either, well, Lake Oswego or Portland, you have no option. There's nothing. Uh, there is nothing south of Tualatin as far as Apple stores. Uh, and if you're thinking about the state of Oregon, which is, by the way, 300 miles north to south and 400 miles east to west, you have two repair options and they're both within 20 miles of each other in the Portland metro area. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. If I break the, f the screen on my iPhone, I'll tell you what, I'll just send my iPhone off for 10 days and have it repaired because that's convenient in the day of constant connectivity and everything is tied to my, my phone and two-factor <laughs> authentication. And oh, by the way, I also have Apple Pay and now I don't know my credit cards because I don't have physical credit cards because they're all tied to my I phone. I know, they, they want you so entitled to or in, in, entwined in all of their networks. And they're like, but please send us your phone and you'll be get it back in 10 days. Right. Sorry for the inconvenience. Mm -hmm. That's bull. There's the issues with Tesla with, electric, uh, with their electric repairs where... Um, the one that I always like to go back to is if you look at Electrified Garage and Rich Rebuilds, um, they repaired a Tesla that Tesla wanted $18,500 to fix for $690. Now, how did they do that? Well, the battery module was damaged. So Tesla said, we have to repair the battery module, which means pull the batteries and replace the batteries. When in fact, it was the bung on the radiator coupling that supplied cooled water to the batteries. Not the batteries themselves, not the cooling system itself, not the radiator system, not anything else, but the bung that was damaged when he went over a speed bump or something like that. Uh, so they welded on a new bung and refilled the system and tested all the cells and then sent him on his way for $690. Uh, that's why first party repair is bad. Yep. Is because otherwise this guy would have been out $18,500 for literally a $5 part and $600 in labor. Like, and you wonder why I preach right to repair. Exactly. No, it's, it's something that needs to be done. Something that should be done. I don't know why hmm? it hasn't already been done. So, so again, why is John Deere doing this? They're trying to show Congress and, and the voting people, well, we have repair systems in place. That, that are customer accessible. You can, you can buy this module from John Deere and plug it into your thing, 
kind of like you do with your cars. You know, you take your car to a mechanic and they plug in a reader and it tells you the error code. Well, John Deere can then read those error codes and then send a technician out to fix it. And if you're not in the know, if you don't know what the farm equipment is or what the timelines are or anything like that, you go, well, John Deere's doing everything they can to help keep their equipment up and running. Even though it's not John Deere's equipment, it's just John Deere's name on the equipment because someone bought the equipment and are using it on their business. Uh, John Deere has no rights to the equipment after they sell it. Point of fact, Apple has no rights to the laptops after they sell you a laptop or a phone. Tesla has no right to the Tesla car, Model Y, Model 3, Model whatever, whatever. after they sell it to you. That's your property now. Uh, and you can repair that property in any way you see fit. And Tesla should be required, Apple should be required, John Deere should be required to allow third parties the right to repair those, the right to manufacture their own parts, because Apple's not the be-all, end-all, say-all of who makes the best parts for an Apple machine. They're simply the original equipment manufacturer, which is what OEM means. And non-OEM parts, sometimes they're better, sometimes they're worse, but that's up to the customer to decide if they want to put into a particular product. Yeah, and you should not hinder your products to be like, you only take these particular products of ours, and then if you, we detect that's not, we're going to turn it off. That's right. that's full. Right. Um, which Apple and John Deere both do. So John Deere is trying to present, we have repair options, and we're giving those repair options to our customers. Uh, no. Apple did the same thing. They said, well, for select iPhones, we're now going to be able to sell screens to authorized repair facilities and, like and they can and screws and, and and screws and then they can uh basically give us a core charge for the broken screen so we can prove that they actually replaced the screen and not just had a screen on hand because that would be beneficial to the customer in the end right yeah support right to repair don't buy this bullshit nope keep fighting the fight yes um we're gonna skip yeah, the rest so. All right, well, uh, we can just go. So Heineken's releasing a digital beer, which is absolutely nothing. It's stupid. It's in the metaverse, metaverse beer. Uh, it's, a, it's the first actual metaverse beer. It's worse beer. than non-alcoholic. It charges you something. It doesn't even go in you. Exactly. Uh, Szechuan sauce is back at McDonald's. Thank you uh, for a limited time. Thank you, Rick and Morty. Second time That's it's been back. back. Second time it's been Second back time. since Rick and Morty. Exactly. Uh, and YouTube is giving you a bunch of free tv shows with ads with ads so normal tv all right trek star trek time which everyone is here for we got 20 minutes uh, star trek picard season two episode three i did not so so i didn't get to the end of the last episode or last of talking did you talk we talked two? episode two okay so, so we, we are all caught up okay yeah okay 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 so we're good we're good okay so um, end of episode two. Let's say end of episode two. Okay. Because end of episode. The Borg Queen is now on the ship. They yep. successfully travel back in time, um, and we see. Which I actually like. I like that sequence. I love. I loved the first two episodes. I really did. And I will say, uh, I, it's okay. I, yeah. I really enjoyed the third episode too. Um, oh, okay, okay. I the third episode was fifty fifty for me. It's it's but got I, some some aspects in it that I. I question, but at the same time, if I just go, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'm enjoying the ride. Okay, I, I, that, I, that I'll agree. There with. are some aspects totally of like, with. yeah, totally. Raffi knew how to, you know, pop the uh, the slide off an, uh, a 45 Glock. Like, 
and there I'm was letting a, yeah. those go. I'm I'm letting I, go that that kind of thing, and I'm yeah. I'm trying to focus just because those are done for mass appeal or like yeah, go Raffi. And I get that it's still character building, even if it doesn't make sense in timeline. But well, then there there was there was a character development with Raffi that was like okay, this doesn't make any sense personally, but uh, what whatever okay, maybe they'll go with somewhere. Quickly, okay, uh, end of two. I really enjoyed though the um, because we're going to talk about the end. I really enjoyed the time warp sequence because it yes. was very reminiscent of I think it was a Star Boy, Trek. Tom. Voyager, yep. exactly. So, like, all right, I Are really like that. Here, Captain. Exactly. I'm glad they didn't do the popping of the heads and everything, but still, yeah, no, they're the, reminiscent. The, the warp jump around the sun, and you're skimming yeah. the surface of it and whatnot. It's not a Klingon warbird this time. It's uh, it's the it's Rios' ship, the Santa Maria or whatever the yeah. bloody hell he calls whatever it. it's called. Uh, the unremarkable, really... unrecognizable ship that Rios commands. Yes, I still really like that sequence, and it, it felt very like it pays homage yeah. to that that part. So I like that. And then we'll skip this. Then episode three. Now hold on. Uh, Ep- episode two ends with a very important sequence, and that's that they line up seven Raffi and Rios on the transporter after much uh, angst amongst the crew about how they should next proceed because. They're they're telling Picard, we're not going to trust the Borg Queen. We're not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, uh, Elnor died because you wanted to save the Queen and screw you. And I'm going to go find the Watcher myself and 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 whatnot. And and that's that was my character development with Raffi because okay, this goes back to season one. Yeah, Raffi was supposed to be a very trusted officer with Picard after Riker left. Right. And then now, for all reasons, she doesn't understand him and doesn't mm. trust him. Mm. I I wouldn't say doesn't trust him. I would say because here's the sequence. Um, basically, uh, they're trying to get away from the Confederation and make the jump uh, through time. They've they've uh, stolen the Borg Queen, kidnapped the board the Borg Queen from her execution. They're on board Rios's ship. Uh, and the Confederation boards them, which happens to be Seven of Nine, Her Annika's husband and, yeah. and chief of state, essentially. Um, they turn and they shoot Elnor. Why Elnor? Well, because he's a Romulan. Um, and this is a... The Romulans at that stage were slaves. Right. Yeah. Um, and Raffi helped the Romulan escape, and the Romulan killed like 12 guards in, in three seconds, which was a great sequence, by the way. Um... Anyway, oh, I, liked, I liked episode two. Yeah. yeah, episode two was great. Um, anyway, Elnor gets shot. Elnor dies. Just yeah. straight up. Just Elnor dies. Um, and Picard didn't, or they they didn't have enough power in the ship to keep the biobed functional. And they were saying, you know, we need to transfer, you know, power to medical and whatnot. And Picard is saying, no, we need to keep the Borg Queen alive because the Borg Queen is the only person who can tell us where the Watcher is, so we can write the timeline. And if we don't yeah. find the Watcher, then Elnor died in vain. Uh, and the future will die with him, essentially, is what Picard said. And Raffi goes off on a uh, an absolute repost uh, of Picard of, uh, you know, how dare you and and I don't trust you and, and whatnot. Because Raffi felt so strongly 
about Elnor. It, it was very much a maternal relationship that the two had, kind of like Picard and Elnor. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, because we see in episode one that, and again, so the difference between season one and this season is year and a half, two years, essentially. Months, yeah. 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 Um, so during that time, Elnor went into Starfield Academy mm -hmm. and Ralphie, Rafi took him under her wing. Yeah. Um, she was head of security, right? She was security, not number one. No, she was a commander two. of the Excelsior. Uh, okay, so yeah, she, she was first one. officer of the Excelsior. She yeah, she was okay. the head of Starfleet security or Confederate security in the alternate timeline. Okay, that, that I think that's right. Yeah. So, um, but uh, she had a security background. Obviously, I think that was also implied in season one. Yes, uh, I think there was a security background. Um, but I guess that was my problem. Was after the theoretical story point was after. William Riker was her. Mm -hmm. And then all of Jean-Luc Picard's adventures past that was with her. And then this obvious uh, traumatic incident where she took someone under her wing, mm -hmm. which Picard already took under his wing, mm -hmm. type of uh, passing of the torch, something, you know, of a, of a pupil, maybe, mm -hmm. along that lines. She then takes it extremely personal maybe because she doesn't see picard doing it as much as her or what but then just goes off yeah you know um which there, there was that speech of of you're playing games with q and you always play games with q right it's like oh no it's it's quite obvious jean-luc's been irritated constantly with q which which i will say but from the viewpoint of raffi who is this Q and why does he get to dictate your life? And and people are dying and you don't seem to care. All you're doing is playing Q's game. Like I I totally get the mindset that they're trying to put her in. Um from a certain point of view. Uh <laughs> um anyway, episode two ends with yeah. the three lining up on the transporter, and they're saying, you know, good luck. Uh, Girardi and I are going to stay here, try to wake up the queen, try to find out what we can. You three, Rios, Raffi, and Seven, please go out into LA and find what you can. Uh, yeah. So they get transported out, but the transporter doesn't have enough power. And so they get transported to three random locations. Um, Raffi gets transported into the middle of a homeless camp and immediately mugged, which she beats the hell out of the mugger um, and uh, disassembles the slide on his Glock and tosses it aside and whatnot. Uh, seven. It's amazing, a, a, a homeless person has a Glock. Right. Uh, seven transports into this uh, park, little you know, park in LA, and uh, materializes in front of a little girl. And the little girl goes, "Are you a super a superhero?" And Seven bends over and goes, "Can you keep a secret?" And and I, yeah. I went, "That's cute. I like that. That's a I like that scene. I like that right. scene. Yeah, that was fun." Um, and then Rios transports this, about like three stories up off of a fire escape tries to hold himself up, slips, flips once, lands flat on the concrete, and knocks himself cold. I really actually liked that aspect I did too. of the, you know, the computer didn't have enough and they miscalculated. Yeah. I really actually liked that little nod, which is, um, I don't know, I, I really, I, all around, I just liked that, hey, mm -hmm. a computer miscalculated. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I really so. like that aspect. And I, and I like the situation to put Rios in. Um, yeah. so Rios wakes up 
not in a hospital. It's it's a uh, uh, medical center, and the doctor there uh, specializes in care for immigrants, for for illegals, for people who are in the United States illegally. Um, yeah. And uh, he loses his com badge on the way in. Uh, her son picks it up off the floor and is pressing the button. And Seven and Rafi are seeing this and going, you know, is his is it Morse What's code? Is it whatever on? else? Yeah. And it's the kid just sitting there going, put it up, put it up, put it up. He just likes the noise. Right, exactly. Um, anyway, Rio spends 12 hours, you know, uh, both being savior slash flirting with the nurse, which I think is a great role for him to be oh, in. That was a great, I thought that was a great storyline. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I can easily lead to something. Which exactly. Fine. Um, and uh, Seven and Rafi are scaling up to the highest point in Los Angeles, which is one of the towers that's there, and uh, trying to use their tricorder to scan for any signs of alien activity, any any communications, yeah. any abnormal readings for what would be in this time, any subspace things. Uh, yeah. For the, the the Borg Queen called the, the, them the Watchers, and they're basically looking for some form of technology that the Borg Queen was saying there was an already an alien race here at the time. Right. Something that doesn't that shouldn't be in this timeline or yeah. at least in this time is there. And that's what you need to find. Um, meanwhile, Girardi and Picard are diving into the Borg, uh, Borg queen. And I thought this was the highlight of, of the episode. I thought Girardi with the Borg queen. I like that interaction. That was an interesting thing. Um, I loved it. As far I loved as, that as far as borg goes i don't know how consistent it was i liked it i didn't mind or i was just i didn't mind it i don't know how consistent it here's was here's the deal anytime we've ever seen the borg queen it's from a place of absolute strength uh now jane way when she was negotiating with the borg they were the borg were fighting species 8472 they had some issues with like jane way has some technology that the borg could use and whatnot and so the Borg relented and negotiated with Janeway, but the Borg were still from very much a place of power and could have easily decimated the Voyager, you know, Voyager 100 times over. Um, this is the only time we've really seen the Borg as the weakest pawn on the board. Uh, as the Borg Queen is the last Borg. The Borg have been eliminated, and the Borg Queen was to be assassinated as the last living member of that race, by Admiral Picard. And uh, the Queen has no collective. The Queen has no other mind power. It has no yeah. no outward, you know, collective to of thought. And what we're seeing now is someone like Girardi can be hooked into the hive mind, which is, by the way, just Girardi and the Queen at that point, and can outsmart the Queen in her own realm. And... So I kind of like that. I I I okay. So I and I just came up with this thought just okay. now. So um, here's the consistency issue I might have. Um, and this goes back to first contact, mm -hmm. where first contact then goes back into I, which is a further date. You know, the, a little bit later than this. Twenty sixty three instead of twenty twenty four. Yeah. So uh, play numbers with me. They, I will beat you. <laughs> oh, it's fine. No, no, I, I, I knew, I knew. Oh, I, I got some more number games. I have a number question for you okay. actually later. Um, but 
in first contact, the Borg then used the deflector shield to communicate with Borg. They were attempting in that they were attempting, attempting to contact to Borg because from that they were time in the Delta Quadrant. And so she was already in control of his ship. Um not Rafi's ship, um Rios's ship. Mm-hmm. Because in episode two, she took control and then eventually, you know, took over, took over Helen and, and, and everything. Yeah. Because she's like, I need to do this to, to save everyone. I'm going to power now right. to go uh, back in time. Which, by the way, how freaking amazing is the Borg Queen? That I, I, I do like her so far. Character I do like wise. Her. Character wise. Character wise, I do. I do really like her so far. I really do like her. So at this current moment, she's already hooked up com- completely to the ship. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, she should be able to not have to redo the deflector shield because this starship is already more advanced than the Enterprise E. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. Well, that, the that's Enterprise okay. E you, was saw the flag- you saw where- the Enterprise E was the flagship only 15 years earlier. Like but you see I understand where the see, progression you, of technology, but you're... But you see where I'm going. Okay, she's already integrated to the whole entire ship. Theoretically, couldn't she, if they reactivated her, communicate with Borg that are in that time frame? They could. And then, and then her collectiveness that she's missing be reattached. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the deal. In First Contact... They were adding on to the deflector dish to amplify communication signals. So it's not like she could just activate the deflector dish. The deflector dish is for warp travel and can emit certain frequencies to, you know, diffract cosmic dust and prevent them from, you know, yes, you know, Zimmerman particles going straight through your brain and killing you because you happen to be at warp. Uh, oh, trust me, I'm deep into lore. Like, like I, I'm just, I'm to Star Trek what Colbert 15, is to Tolkien. 15, like, 15 years is a lot in, in Trek It is, lore. but how strong is the communications array on Rios' puddle jumper of a ship? But she has complete and total control. That doesn't allow her to do physical modifications to the deflector dish, which took 12 drones. But if the deflector dish is already as powerful... John, if you have to invent technology (laughs) to explain a conspiracy theory, it's a bad conspiracy theory. They had to invent technology on the Enterprise E. Which required physical adaptation. She is hanging from a vine. Okay. <laughs> that technology that's Star Trek. They can do whatever they now, want. Now, now we're getting off topic here. Um because you also <laughs> I'm have I'm just saying it's you, odd. If you say what if to everything that happens in sci-fi, you will never enjoy <laughs> sci-fi. This is why Star Wars fans are the worst fans ever. Uh so Oh beer. Yeah, there you go. Uh I'm trying to be less critical of aspects like that now if you say the words sequel vulnerability or firewall or anything like that (laughs) in the course of this series i will burn it to the ground um don't go csi with me don't go you know mainstream techno babble keep it you know we we needed to emit a tachyon field that would blah 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 blah. like keep it vague enough but inside canon and i'm fine like I don't ask much from my from my sci-fi. Um 
it's why I enjoyed the heck out of uh, the Book of Boba Fett, even though a lot of people were like, well, it's no Mandalorian. And in fact, two episodes were from the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, the story's tied together. Of course they were. Yeah, oh, I like and the it, Mandalorian. And it and it told a fantastic I mean, uh, story. Boba Fett. Yeah, uh, I, liked, I liked the Book of Fett. And, you know, you didn't get to write it. So you don't get to say whether you thought this is what Luke should have been. Someone else decided what Luke is, and you can decide whether you enjoy it or not. You you can't say, well, that's not in his character. Not for you to decide. Um, so I'm trying to take more of a hands-off approach with, with this season of Picard. And I did this with last season of Picard, too. And while I rated last season of Picard, I think a 6.5 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10. I think he gave like a seven two seven three. Yeah, it was it was right in that, that you know C minus range. Uh, yeah. Of, of it's because there were a couple episodes that are legitimately eight or nine, like it, it, especially the last first, two. First two. The, first the, two of of Picard were like season one. Solid. Yeah, the, the first two. The, the first two and the last two were their strongest episodes and and they I were know, i don't know like maybe second last. i don't know there were there were issues with the last the one. ending scene last, with data last. was amazing uh, it, it and it is so hard to discredit even the lead up in that episode to that ending scene because that I'm ending scene is so great there are other parts in that episode that i have questions and with. i and i have questions but at the same time it's like here's a hot take here's a hot take Star Trek and TV in general would be better served if they stopped trying to fit within the norms of TV in general. Tell the story. Don't worry about a 42-minute runtime. Who the hell cares about 42-minute runtime anymore? No one but network TV, which runs 18 minutes of commercials per hour of television, cares about a 42-minute runtime. I watch one ad for something that's also on Paramount Plus before I load up Star Trek Picard, and then I watch the entire thing ad-free. What does it matter if the episode is 32 minutes or 54? I Okay, so uh, here's my counterpoint to that. I'm not disagreeing, but here's a counterpoint to that, is that you are limiting yourself then to a single story in a single world where episodic stuff could give you a broader world representation. I, I think the problem is actually the opposite of that. I think by limiting yourself to 42 minutes and only 42 minutes, not over, not under, is... You are cutting some aspects of a story that otherwise should be told, and you are overtelling some aspects of a story or inventing monologue or dialogue now, or act yeah, or sequences where they don't need to be. Sure, sure, sure. I tell your story frame. rather but than matching I'm, a time length. But yeah, sure. I'll go with the time length thing, but I'm saying episodic things of like there are times of overextending a story to being too long to where like we both, I believe we agreed that Picard season one could have been seven, eight episodes. It could have been seven or eight episodes. And but just here's the deal. It, it still could have been 10 episodes, but you cut out the eight minute sequence of Raffi seeing her son because I don't, exactly. I don't need but, that character so, building. And so all of a sudden that episode is 34 minutes instead of 42. And that's fine. Like I and said, so, by stretching well, out I, and saying we have to have 42 minutes of content, or we can only best, have but, 42 minutes of content. But the best part about a lot of the older Star Trek was the episodicness of building small parts of characters. Correct. And we understand that. And so, unfortunately, old, it feels can like I, modern, can I modern stuff is more that the of a old movie. episodes of Star Trek had 25 episodes per season. We're dealing with 8 to 10. 
Uh, well, that that's that's a choice. And so, and so, I, I believe that's a choice. It, it's choice. It's budget. It's everything. And so, well, if you're not going to do episodic content, if you're not going to do episode one exists in a bubble, and episode two I, then exists in a, you can still tell an overarching story, but TNG and DS9 and Voyager and Enterprise were episodic. They were 25 episodes to a season. And sure, DS9 and Voyager told an overarching story. TNG told some overarching stories, but man, was that really loose. Um, it was very loose, but it was more of a architectural of here's who the, the Federation correct. is. It's character building of a universe, but you're not... There's no overarching story from one episode to the next episode. It doesn't matter where you were, so you can turn on any episode yeah. of Star Trek, and as long as you're familiar with the universe, you get it. Um, I guess that's the nice part. That's that that is a nice part. With DS9, they're still telling an overarching story, but they have 25 episodes to do so. And and even then, they can tell five stories in a row, five episodes in a row that have nothing to do with the main story. And it doesn't matter because you can drop right in and watch it. With Star Trek Picard, you're trying to tell an overlying story and you're trying to keep an audience engaged but you're doing it across 10 episodes so you can't take an episode that's entirely to develop Raffi as a character or Elnor as a character even though that's exactly what they did which is why episodes 3 and episodes 4 of season 1 were not that great because it's yeah. like what does this have to do with the story you're trying to tell but, so, if it was so 25 I... episodes and they're introducing Elnor as a character and then Elnor has major events for like 3 episodes that happen I get that episode, but because it was yeah. only 10 episodes, you're building a character up for one moment and then dropping off the face of the earth. I guess that could be my problem then of the, okay, you know, then I wouldn't mind rather than a two part season of here is five episodes, five episodes mm -hmm. of two different stories. Um, right. I, I, I'm just not, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining so far of yeah. season two. I'm really not complaining yeah. so far of season two. What, what I will um, say is season two so far is doing a better job of simply telling the story instead of trying to get lost in its own. Are we episodic or are we telling a story? Is this a mini series or is this Star Trek? Um, because... Episode one, or sorry, season one, tried to still be very episodic. It had a beginning and an end, and then that was it. Except for episode nine to ten, which was really a like like cliffhanger, and then we'll see how it they, turns they out. They did have a lot of individual adventures, but uh, they just, uh, my opinion, didn't execute them extremely well. So you had to look at it as a broad story. So I'll agree with but, that. Yeah, sure. But season one was very fragmented in that uh, episode three we're going to, instead of investigating this main story plot, we're going to fly out for three days to see Elnor, who may or may not like Picard and may or may not do this thing. Like, why are we wasting that much time? Um, yeah. and, and so, episodically, that makes sense in the character building of Picard and Elnor and that relationship, and it helps explain Raffi and her connection with Elnor and, and, and everything else. But did it help tell the main story that they were really trying to tell? And the answer is no, it didn't. What I like that they're doing in season two is they're saying to heck with the episodic nature of it, of making a cut and dry story in episode one, where you can watch episode one and you get everything beginning to end. And they're leaving it with a cliffhanger. And it leads right into episode two. It's the same story progression. Um, 
And I think that's really what was missing from episode or from season one. Season one. Was there was a cut and dry end. You could have cut the season there and it still kind of made sense. Like you didn't like, yeah, the main story didn't, didn't end itself, but their individual adventure had ended in that particular episode. This one, it's all one big adventure with some little stories spiced in there. And I think as a mini series, as a 10 part series, which is what season mm. two is, that makes yeah. more sense than trying to take the original Star Trek approach, which is 25 episodes, and we could spend five episodes developing characters. Which, season one, Maybe, spent uh, five episodes developing characters, and then five episodes yeah, shoehorning totally, a story. Yeah, that it. Was, it, was, it was horrible. So, yeah, I, I'm not saying it was horrible, but it just wasn't great. Right. Um, yeah, I am. I my personal perspective is it's too early to tell. Mm -hmm. That's my personal I get the points that you're trying to make and I see of like there are hints exactly what you're stating it, it makes perfect sense you're like hey this is kind of what they're hinting at great if they can but unfortunately we don't know if they're going to continue that if they continue that great um uh, if not we don't know unfortunately now, now there's um, uh so we've got like 2 minutes left I was going to try to just hit back to episode three and try to yes. hit just episode three. Episode three. So we see Girardi going toe to toe with the Borg Queen, and the Borg Queen said, uh, "You've done something very foolish. You've impressed me." Which I I like that. Line. I like that. Line. I love the back and forth with the Borg Queen. Whose hand is this? Mine. 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 Uh, yeah. I th I thought that that play and between those two characters was amazingly Great. well done. I, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, man. Girardi's been one of my favorite characters the entire time, season one and season two uh, altogether. Um, but uh, man, is she coming alive in season two? Uh, really I like excited her better now than I did in season one. She Honestly, made spot forty seven. I, I like. Did not there's like references her in season within one. references within references of that one little screenshot of her talking to Spot, her animated pet. Oh, I like I, I like that. I I love I love that part of yeah the altar and she had spot yeah. and I was like oh I totally get all yeah. of this. It was spot um, forty seven, which is code for Elcar's forty seven, and it's spot, which is Data's cat. cat Data's yeah, exactly. Oh, I got <laughs> so it good. all. Oh, all right. So quick, quickly though, I want to put out the number, and and this is a I don't know if they purposely did this or not. Okay. Do you know the year, the reference of the year? Twenty three ninety nine, isn't it? 2224 or 2024 which is 2024 yeah, went back to two years from now what year what year as a ds9 fan is that right that is the uh the start of sanctuary zones that is the and, the bell the, riots the bell riots yes. no exactly. i see i know that and uh cisco bashir and o'brien were arrested in the bell riots because they didn't have uh UHCs passports. or passports essentially, uh, which is exactly what Rios was arrested for. It exactly. says no UHC, no ID. You're going, you're going away. Uh, exactly. They use the exact same verbiage that they did in the Bell riots. I like that. So awesome. I was, I was curious. It didn't. Uh, now, obviously, tech and and look of everything's different, but I don't really care right. about that part. Right. It's uh, it's telling stories from two different generations of the same timeline, which is going to look different. And so yes. I, I don't mind little discrepancies like that. I don't, Here's, yeah, exactly. I think the question going into episode four, which I've not seen yet. Which will be in... An hour. Is it posted today? Uh, no, in, in yeah. two hours. Yeah, hour and a half. Um, 
this has been driving the internet crazy. And that is, who is the watcher? Who's the watcher going to be? Um, and there's so many guesses from Sarah Silverman. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no. no, she was she was the uh, the astrologist the, the, in, the astro- in Voyager. No. I've, heard, I've heard Avery Brooks. Or, I, I, I've heard uh, Cisco. Yeah. It's not going to be Cisco, Cisco. At, as a Bajoran Cisco. emissary. It's not going to no. be Cisco or Avery Bell. It's just uh, going to be some alien Because gonna, he was 400 miles away and in a different month, supposedly. It's going to be freaking soon. Who else would it be? We know that Brent Spiner returns as a Soong in Star Trek Picard season two. Like that was part of their main advertising point is that Brent Spiner is still a part of this. Even if he's not playing data, he's playing a Soong ancestor. We're looking for a watcher and they're trying to build up like all this drama. And they're like, well, is it Guinan? Well, we know that Guinan was around in the 1840s and and so on. Guinan's over 350 years old. Like we Mm -hmm. know Guinan existed back then. But I don't think it's going to be Guinan. I don't think Guinan is the Watcher. Uh, uh, okay, so because Guinan would have said, "Yeah, no." How I so how I took the trailer of of him being there and the interaction with Q was Q talking to him in the present where he left Picard. That's how I took the trailer, and it totally could have been, but. But it could. But we know I could, a doctor soon is like, going to be present in this timeline. But then that wouldn't be Doctor Soon. It would be, it would be like a his great grand. Right. It would a soon, and so it'd be like his great great grandfather. Right. Which, by the way, the genes and in then those they sons, all look the same. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, because he he was in Enterprise yeah. as the original Doctor Soon. Yeah. So they all look the same. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, Brett Spiner was in Enterprise as the original Doctor Soong, but that was a holographic representation of the original Doctor Soong because Riker, no, no, because Riker said in program and walked off the holodeck onto the bridge of the Titan. No, 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 no. They had the Clone Wars. They had part of the uh, eugenics wars if, and Doctor Soon. If, if you uh, think about Star Trek Enterprise, it's Riker saying in program as playing the part of the cook or whoever he was. No, no, it's 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 a season before that. Is it's it? season six. Yeah, do, it's a do season, we know, it's season four. Do we know that Riker was not just viewing the entire Enterprise? Because I took, oh, Riker you're, is you're watching taking, historical documentation of what happened of on the all Enterprise. all of Enterprise? Right. That's what That's I took, you that, took that ending oh. to mean. Oh, I didn't. I didn't take that. And, and that. I love that lower decks. Uh, Riker comes up and uh, and goes, "Hey, I was just uh, on the holodeck seeing uh, you know the original Enterprise and and Archer and those guys. Man, that uh, we've been a long. It's been a long road getting from there to here." <laughs> <laughs> I love that reference uh, in lower decks. No, no. As, as so, everyone talks about like Trek not being like as good as it was. Okay, I agree. Lower decks. Lower Decks is, is as good as Trek has ever is been. As good as Trek has ever and been. I, Lower Decks is every fanboy's dream because there's the comedy, the humor right. that everyone wants. Um, Picard is second best. Uh, what I will say, Picard season one, C minus. Like, like, that's been my overall judgment of it, even on multiple watch throughs. C minus. It's got some really high points. It's got some points that I could do without. Yeah, it's much better than than Discovery because oh, I feel better. like Discovery yeah. is being written by people who go, "What's a Klingon? I don't know. Let's paint them purple and sparkly." Um, yeah, it it's it might be a decent show if you're just along for the ride, but at the same time, it's just such a different feel 
and and they've it's they've done track. so much with trying to integrate like oh instead of spock being like from the academy and joining kirk uh, or joining pike on the original enterprise it's like oh no he served on like four ships before that and it was like really like that it feels like they're rewriting history for fan service and they're also being written by people who wrote CSI Miami instead of people who are lifelong Star Trek fans. And exactly. There's no congruity or anything like that. They're just like, exactly. we, we've heard of this, so let's just throw it in there. Right. And, and then somehow SQL managed to sneak its way in. If SQL still exists in 2307, please someone shoot me. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, but, I, okay. So but season two... I have the most anticipation for, even with Lower Deck Season 3 coming out, um, because I feel like this is as close to the most modern Star Trek as we've gotten as far as back to the TNG DS9 Voyager Enterprise days. Um, okay. it's, it's going to be different. It's, it's not going to be the same. But I feel that it's trying to get back to that that hardcore Star Trek canon that Discovery is trying so hard to break away from and be mainstream. All right. Uh, so uh, I think let's let's try to end on how oh, you're almost done with your bitters. I'm already. Oh, hang on. This warmed on me. This really warmed on me. Um, it's very thin, um, but I I still taste coconut. I don't taste any bourbon. That's always good. Right. Um, but it's way less bitter than it started as. Um, okay. And I think the carbonation going down played a huge part in that. I think whatever they did for carbonation was way overly bitter. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not a terrible beer, but if, if I read you the words bourbon barrel aged dark beer brewed with coconut, your expectations are wildly different than oh, the beer. Oh, oh. Yeah. So, well, I mean, then you gotta ask: Is a buck fifty, Jeff? It was a buck fifty, right? So, so. but um, okay. So yeah. I'm gonna let's. I think we should end on some final thoughts on Trek, and then, and then we can we can end. It. I, gotta, I wrap this yeah. Up. So I believe season two right now has the potential to be much better than season one of Picard. Yes. Um, I'm highly, highly so far as a majority enjoying season two. Um, the aspect of possibly Q being sick because that well, was being hinted at. Unwell. What is unwell, wrong with you, um, What's going yeah. on? Um, he's not quite as playful. I, I do like playful Q a bit more, but again, we're not the getting unwell, mariachi so I, Q. We're getting we're getting snarky, snarky, sinister. We're, something's wrong. We're so getting I'm far. We're you. getting far point Q. Yeah. So it, it's 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 interesting. Um, some aspects I don't like or not. It's just like, eh, it's going too far. Mm -hmm. But overall, seriously enjoying season two. Looking forward to tomorrow's episode. I'm pretty sure we've seen a lot of clips from, I'm assuming it's going to be tomorrow's episode in trailers yep. um, of, of the escape from, um, you know, yeah. the, the police and everything like that. Yeah, so, so I'm not expecting... Seven and Raffi busting rios out from yeah prison i i'm not expecting the too much van, from tomorrow's episode which, by the way they can all drive stick 
weird. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I'm so I'm not expecting Enjoy too much ride. from tomorrow's. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. It's it's gonna be more the continuation of the story of the lead on. And so that's what I'm really hoping for. Yeah. Uh, Decent Garage, Descent Garage uh, says, hey man, saw your gear for sale on Twitter. I'd love to buy your uh, your Sony ZV-E10. Uh, my DMs are open on Twitter. Please reach out on DM because I will forget tonight, no doubt. Um, I do have one person interested in the ZV-10 already. Uh, who already reached out. I'm holding it for them, but for 24 hours. So, but reach out still. And uh, you're, I think you're second in line for that. Uh, anyway, this has been episode 228 of Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Drop this video a like. If you like the beer content on this channel, subscribe to Hops and Brews, who has drank 90 beers straight for your enjoyment with no food in between. That's right. So, John, keep it going. Uh, let us know how it goes. And, man, you will still be on the Beer Fast when you join us next time. You'll be on day 34. That's right. Right? That's right. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that. I'll be a stick figure by then. Yes. 17 pounds, Jeff. Damn. 17 pounds down. I might need to try that. <laughs> i feel great I'm, so it's a great night I'm, I'm, I'm gonna write that down anyway thank you all so much for joining us 